Welcome to the Contending for the Word podcast, a podcast devoted to helping inform, educate, equip, and warn people about false teachers, false movements, and unbiblical philosophies. Now join our host for today's episode and enjoy. Welcome to the program, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Justin Peters. I hope that this finds you and your family doing well today. I want to thank you so much for joining me for this podcast. Uh, yes, my surroundings have changed a little bit. That's because I am not in my home. I am on the road preaching and I am in a hotel room. So uh, please do forgive that. Uh, but I wanted to do this video because a clip of Stephen Furtick has surfaced that uh, was brought to my attention and a hat tip there to Protestia. This is where I first saw that. But I wanted to address this because um, what I'm about to show you is blatant heresy from Stephen Furtick and it's he has said this on more than one occasion so I'm going to show you three different video clips of Stephen Furtick the first from 2021 second from 2019 and then the third one uh, most recently as of this recording just uh, a, a week or so ago in February of 2024 and it has to do with the little God's doctrine uh, Stephen Furtick has been associating with Word of Faith preachers, endorsing them, partnering with them. Um, Rod Parsley, Joyce Meyer, Rod Parsley, by the way, is one of the most egregious false teachers out there, but Rod Parsley, Joyce Meyer, and of course T.D. Jakes, he has openly said, is his um, model and mentor in ministry and preaching and just lavishes praise on T.D. Jakes. T.D. Jakes has his own uh, heretical issues and character issues, but uh, I want to bring your attention to this. This is Little God's Doctrine. So the first clip made a lot of news back about three years ago in 2021 when Stephen Furtick said this. Don't let anybody put anything on you that will cause you to forget what God put in you. The fight that you have to win for your life has not been with them. It's always been in you. Because if you believe it's in you, there's nothing anybody can put on you that can cancel what I put in you. Before you were born, I appointed you a prophet to the nations. It's always been in you. And there's nobody that can leave my life that can keep God from keeping his covenant with me. I'm not in covenant with a person. I'm not in covenant with a political party. I'm in covenant with God Almighty. I am God Almighty. I am God Almighty. Now, that clip, understandably, made a lot of waves in the evangelical world a few years ago, and people kind of excused it, uh, saying, oh, well, that was just... Uh, an inarticulate moment, you know, he kind of got tongue-tied, he, you know, lost track of his words, and he, and he didn't actually mean that he is God Almighty. And when I first saw that clip, I was inclined to think the same thing. I thought, okay, I'm, I'm no apologist for Steve Furtick. Um, he, is, he is a wolf, he's a false teacher, he is indeed unqualified, as John MacArthur pointed out to him. Um, but I thought, okay, I really don't think he actually meant that he is God Almighty. Until I saw another sermon from him 
from two years before in 2019 when he basically said the same thing. Watch this. God said, let us make man in our image, in our likeness. You are not my maker. You will not be my mirror. When God said, I am to Moses, you know, my name is I am, he was trying to get him to see you are as I am. Well, that certainly wasn't Stephen Furtick getting tongue-tied. That wasn't a slip of the tongue. No, that was very deliberate. Furtick said that when God gave to Moses his own name, I am, he was trying to get Moses to understand that everything that he is, God is, Moses is too. Uh, no, actually, the exact opposite of that is true. Dear friends, God is without peer. He is without equal. That is blatant heresy from Stephen Furtick. And even at that, uh, some people still tried to come to Stephen Furtick's defense and even attack me, criticize me for pointing this out. I did a YouTube video on this uh, a couple of years ago. But um, if you if you're gonna if you're going to try to defend Stephen Furtick even at that, well, good luck defending him after this. This was recorded, or at least it was posted on uh, their, their website, YouTube channel, just a few days ago as of this recording in mid-February 2024. Watch. I'm glad you're here. If you're watching online, I'm glad you chose to watch this video. God knows there's a lot of other stuff you could have watched on the internet. Here you are listening to a Holy Ghost preacher today. Now, I want to interrupt just for a moment. So Stephen Furtick says uh, there are other things you could have watched. Yeah, there are. And uh, you, would, you would do well to watch uh, someone besides Stephen Furtick because he is a heretic. And he said, you're listening to a Holy Ghost preacher today. How arrogant. Uh, Stephen Furtick just drips arrogance. Arrogance oozes out of his pores. Uh, this this is not a man who takes the pulpit with any sense of awe, any sense of reverence, any sense of humility before God. He is absolutely full of himself. Uh, he is not full of the Holy Spirit. He is full of himself. But uh, I digress. Today I'm releasing to my church my first new book in eight years. Do the new you! And you get it first. That's right. This is written so I can come home with you. Sound kind of weird. This is where I get to coach you. This is where I get to be a voice in your life that reminds you that you are the righteousness of God in Jesus Christ. The voice in your life that helps you realize that you are more than the math of what is against you, that you are more than the mistakes that you have made, that the great I am lives in you, and whatever he is, you are too. Woo! I feel a flow coming. I feel a flow coming too, but it's not a flow of anything good. Dear friends, that is objective heresy. Stephen Furtick says that the great I am resides in you, and whatever he is, you are too. Blasphemy. Heresy. Uh, dear friends, 
when when we you may have heard uh, people refer to the attributes of God, uh, the the qualities, characteristics of God. Those that's kind of weak terminology. Uh, the attributes of God or the perfections of God. So when you hear of God's attributes or His perfections, it is those qualities, those characteristics that God possesses in absolute perfection, hence the perfections of God. And we typically divide the attributes of God into two different categories, communicable attributes and incommunicable attributes. The communicable attributes are those attributes which we, as humans, as God's creations, uh, we share in those attributes with God. Now, God has these attributes in perfection. We just kind of dip our toes in the waters a little bit. So some of the communicable attributes of God would include his faithfulness, his patience, his mercy, um, his justice. Uh, these, are, these are attributes that we also possess, love. Uh, we, we as his creatures, we can and should have patience. We can and should uh, show and exercise mercy. We can and should love people, uh, particularly as Christians, our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, of course. So these are attributes that we share in. They are communicable attributes. Again, he has them in complete and total perfection. We just dip our toes in the water just a teeny tiny little bit. He has them in perfection. But then there are the incommunicable attributes. And the incommunicable attributes are those attributes which God possesses alone. And we as his finite creatures do not at all participate in. We do not have them even a teeny tiny little bit. They reside and belong to him and him alone. The incommunicable attributes would uh, include those attributes like immutability. That simply means that God does not change. Well, does Stephen Furtick change? Of course he does. You and I change all the time. We are constantly changing. God never changes. Hebrews 13.8, amongst other texts, God does not change. We do. Uh, the eternality of God. Uh, and of course, all of us will live in one of two places for all of eternity, but we did not exist in eternity past like God did. The, and then there's the omni-attributes of God, the omnipresence of God. God is everywhere at all times. There's nowhere where God is not, including hell, by the way. Read Revelation 14, uh, 9, 10, 11. God is, is in hell, if you will. Uh, in his mode, in his, in his, in his, in the expression of his wrath, God's wrath is being poured out, even in hell. So God is in hell, even in hell, pouring out his wrath. There, there is nowhere where God is not. There is nowhere we can go to get away from God. Um, God is omnipresent. We are not. God is omniscient. He knows all things. There is nothing that can be known that God does not know. No, uh, we're not omniscient. Stephen Furtick, you are not omniscient. You are not omnipresent. We are not omnipotent. God has all power. There is nothing that he cannot do 
that is congruent with his own will. Now, there are some things that God cannot do, that he cannot lie, he cannot sin, he cannot change. Not just that he won't do these things, but he can't do these things because they go against his, against his character and his nature. But everything that is within God's will, he has complete power to do. Everything that is, that is congruous with his character and his nature, God has complete power to do. He is omnipotent. Stephen Furtick, you're not omnipotent. No one is except God. So the omni-attributes. Uh, then we could talk about the aseity of God, A-S-E-I-T-Y. And the aseity of God simply is that characteristic or attribute uh, which denotes that God depends upon no one and no thing. He is self-existent. Uh, God, there are no causes upon which God relies. Nothing brought God into existence. He is self-existent. He has always existed from eternity past through eternity future. There has never been a time when God was not. We don't have a seity, dear ones. It is just manifestly false and objectively heretical to say that everything that God is we are too. Stephen Furtick has said this now on at least three different occasions, and there's probably others of which I'm not aware, but at least three different occasions. So, you know, one, two, three strikes, you're out. This is not a slip of the tongue. This is not a moment of being inarticulate. He flat out said that everything that God is, we are too. Blasphemy. Isaiah 40, verse 25, this is God speaking. To whom then would you liken me, that I would be his equal, says the Holy One? Dear friends, this is not a challenge. God is not saying, I want you to try to think of someone or something that you can compare me to. This is not a challenge. God is saying he is without equal, he is without peer. There's no one, no thing that you can compare God Stephen Furtick is a heretic. He is manifestly unqualified from being anywhere near a pulpit. I wouldn't even allow Stephen Furtick as a member of my church with that kind of heretical theology. Stephen Furtick is a false teacher. And Stephen, if by some chance you watch this video, uh, I'll say the same thing to you that I've said to other false teachers. I do not hate you, but I do hate what you're doing. I don't hate you, and I care enough about you to tell you the truth. You are heaping untold condemnation upon yourself. You need to come to Christ in true repentance and true faith. You are not a believer. There is no way that you could be indwelt by the Holy Spirit of God and have the kind of arrogance that you have, teach the heresies that you have taught, endorse the obvious false teachers that you have endorsed, many of them. You are not a believer. Stephen, you are a sinner. We all are, but you are a sinner. You have broken God's laws. You have broken his commandments thousands and thousands of times in word and deed. 
And just like when we break laws on earth, there's a penalty to be paid. How much more so when we break the laws of God? But because we have sinned against God who is eternal, the punishment of that sin is also eternal. And Stephen, if you die in your sin, you will very rightly and very justly go to a very real place that the Bible calls hell. The worm will not die. The fire will not be quenched. The full, undiluted fury of God's wrath will be poured out on you for all of eternity. And there is nothing that you can do to save yourself. No amount of good works will earn God's favor. And please do not think that just because you have a large church and you've got millions of followers and people who fawn over you, please do not think that that is a sign of God's blessing or approval. Not at all. Not at all. The opposite of that is true. Stephen, I don't want you to go to hell. I want to be able to call you my brother in Christ. But there's no way you can be indwelt by the Holy Spirit of God and teach the things you teach and endorse the people you endorse, partner with the people that you partner with. There's just no way. If you were truly indwelt by, if you were truly a Holy Ghost preacher, as you say, um, the Holy Spirit of God would bring heavy conviction upon you. And yet you are just so full of yourself. Stephen, God has made a way for you to escape his wrath. He sent his son, Jesus Christ, to this earth, and Jesus lived a perfect life, truly God, truly man, one person, two natures. And as the God-man, Jesus lived a perfect life to the perfect satisfaction of God, and then willingly laid down his life on the cross. His life was not taken, he gave it willingly. And on the cross, this perfect person offered his perfect life as a perfect sacrifice to perfectly satisfy the perfect wrath of God, died on the cross, three days later bodily raised from the dead, proving himself to be who he said he was, God in human flesh. And Stephen, if you will repent of your sin, turn from your sin, and place your trust in Christ, he will save you. If you will come to Christ seeking not only a Savior from hell, but a Savior from your sin, he will save you. If you come to him grieving over your sin because you understand the, that your sin grieves God and you understand the weight of the reproach that you have brought upon Christ and the weight of, the, 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 of how many people you have led astray in the name of Christ, if that bears heavy on you, and I hope and pray that it does, come to Christ empty-handed. He will save you. And if God saves you, if he grants to you true faith and true repentance, then one of the fruits of that repentance, the good fruit that that repentance will bear, is you will realize that you are not qualified to be in the ministry. You're not qualified to be behind the pulpit, and you'll step down. You'll no longer be a pastor. You'll shut it all down, Stephen, and you'll find a good doctrinally sound church led by biblically qualified men. You'll not be behind the pulpit. You'll be in front of the pulpit, in the pew, learning. And it is only then that you will truly grow in Christ. And I want that for you, Stephen. I truly do. And I pray that God grants that to you. All right, dear ones, thank you very much for watching. If you have friends, if you have family members that are following Stephen Furtick, show them this video. It is these reasons and a multitude of other reasons why Stephen Furtick is a false teacher and not someone that your friends, that your family members, that anyone should be listening to for 
sound biblical teaching because they are not getting it from Stephen Furtick. All right, dear ones, until our next time together, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of his Holy Spirit be with you all. Thank you for listening to this episode of Contending for the Word. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the show and rate us wherever you listen to podcasts. Be sure to also like, subscribe, and follow Servants of Grace on Facebook, Instagram, or X. We appreciate your support.